Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Mike Kim. When it comes to the stuff that you want to share, ask yourself a simple question. Can I build a campfire around what I'm sharing? And what I mean by that is, are you providing a light in a dark place? Is it warm? Is it inviting? Is it a place where people can share stories? Is it content that you can build a community around? Are you somebody that people want to be around? That's how you build a personal brand. Hi there, and welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. My name is Bob Gentle, and every week I'm joined by incredible people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe in whichever player you use. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit the new follow option in the top right. Apple will queue me up every time I post a new episode and that way we both win. There are very few people who can truly claim to own the phrase personal brand expert. And despite the name of this show, I'm not on that list. Mike Kim is one of those people. He's one of those people whose persona soothes my Instagram feed and still manages to entertain, inspire and educate me with every single post. Mike's been on the show before, but this time he's back with a whole new level of awesome because he's done what for most people is a very hard thing. Mike, congratulations on the publication of your new book. You are the brand and welcome to the show. Bob, it is awesome to be here. Thank you for the warm welcome and uh, you soothe me just the sound of your voice. So uh, I'm just so honored to be here. Uh, We finally made it happen, and I'm so glad that you've had me on. I have been badgering you for a little while to come on the show, but I had a little look, and apparently it doesn't seem like this long ago to me, but you were on the show almost exactly two years ago. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, time flies. I know, and I know how to do podcasts now. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So how's the book going? Wall Street Journal bestseller. How does that feel? Um, it's a, it feels good. Thank you. You know, it's, it's funny the way that I am, I'm just sort of like, okay, we did that. Let's go on to the next (laughs) thing. And it's, I don't say that in a, that as if it's a good thing, I do need to learn how to like slow down and, and soak life in and, but it does feel great. And at the same time, I'm almost like, okay, cool. We did it. Like, don't get hung up on it. Like move forward do other things, you know, and it's, it's always sort of like that, but I'm very proud of it and I'm proud of myself. And I know that's hard to, hard for me to admit um, (laughs) and to verbalize and say, and I think that that's something that all of us as entrepreneurs, we need to get better at, you know, if you're going to be your own biggest critic, you also need to be your own biggest fan sometimes and be nice to yourself. So that's me trying to do exactly that. So yes, thank you. I'm very proud of it. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about the book and I think obviously I, there's there's the before, there's the during, and there's the after. I, I I watched what led up to the book, and I think that's probably quite important to talk about. What was the process of writing it like? But one of the things that was most impressive, and it would feel wrong for me to say this was intentional, but I look at how you build relationships. Those relationships actually played a large part in, in the success of the launch, and that doesn't happen by accident. You're somebody who does just gather goodwill around you like a good rolling snowball. And that paid off in the book launch. So the number of people I saw get behind that book was a phenomena. Oh yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah, one of the, one of the titles in the book is relationships are rocket ships. It's the last chapter in the book. And it was actually my favorite topic to talk about because not a lot of people talk about that. Mm. When we look at 
business, when we look at especially this solopreneur space, this personal brand space, we, we think that we can just pump out great content and get their loan. And I'll tell you right now, there are no loan rangers in this no. business, you know, and if you're looking for partners and, and all that sort of stuff, like, you know, I want to, want to collaborate with others. That's wonderful. But you, you need to do your part and be intentional in being a good friend to them and professionally be someone that they would want to partner with and collaborate with. So that was really cool. I, I did build relationships over the years, you know, I've been to lots of events, I've stayed in touch the best, you know, I could, I think we can always do better, but when it was time and I needed people to have my back, they really did come through for me. And I think the other thing too is I saved it. You know, I didn't I didn't cash in, quote unquote, a lot of these asks with people when it wasn't as important. I found mm-hmm. other ways to make things work in the meantime. But yeah, I remember emailing several people back. You know, you know I hadn't talked to them for maybe a year, year or two. Um, but we'd always maintained a, a good relationship in some way, shape, or form. I said, hey, remember a couple of years ago you said, holler if I ever need anything. I need something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I that's how I got on podcasts. That's how people promoted it to their email list. It was, it was pretty cool to see. So tell us a little bit about the book, Eight Step Roadmap. Lay it out for me. Yeah. Obviously so, not to the extent where people don't have to read the book. Right. <laughs> well, I, I feel like the overarching principle of the book is that the barrier to entry to this space is so low that we don't approach building a business with the same intentionality that you might if you were to say open up a, a pizza restaurant. You know, and what I mean by that is if you wanted to open a restaurant somewhere, you have to do a million things before you start marketing and pushing out content. You've you've got to have a business plan, you've got to secure a loan, you've got to be strategic about the location, find the suppliers, hire staff, train them. You know, all of this has to take place before you even start branding or marketing the business. And what I see in this personal brand space is that because the barrier of entry is so low, people just figure, I'll start a podcast or I'll launch an Instagram account. I'll just promote some courses and everything will fall into place. And it definitely doesn't work that way. So the book is a book about marketing and branding, but it's more a book about building a business a solid, concrete, tangible, step-by-step built business around the things that can often feel vague or always like changing. I, I call it like you're trying to nail down Jello, yeah. right? Because we have ideas and our passions and our desires change all the time. You know, I don't know if I'm going to like coaching. I don't know if I'm going to like podcasting, but how are you going to build a business around it? And so really the eight steps, I'm an alliteration guy. We start with step one, which is the establishing a clear point of view. Once you have that, number two, you write some personal stories, which are going to help your marketing. Number three, you determine what platform you're going to share those stories on. And as you build the business, you determine your positioning to figure out where you sit relative to the competition. And on and on it goes. Products, pricing, pitch, and partners. And the steps build one on top of the other. They're like digits in a phone number. You can have the right digits, but if they're not put in the right order and built sequentially, you're not dialed in. You get a wrong number. And that's why so many personal brands struggle. And I think right at the beginning, this having a point of view piece for a lot of people, that's a crisis. It's a moment of crisis because what it means is 
if you're going to have an opinion, if you're going to have a point of view, if you're going to make a stand, that's going to turn some people off. And if you come from the place where you do business on a local perspective with a fixed catchment area, the danger of turning a number of people off means you've just halved a very limited audience. Mm-hmm. The difference is when you go online, that the maths are completely different. I'm curious to know, do you remember when you discovered that tipping point where actually turning people off is a good thing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there was a tipping point because I'm, I think I'm kind of an, a nice guy. I don't, I don't actually like to rock the boat for the sake of rocking the boat. There are some people who like to do that, right? They just like to stir up stuff just for the sake of it. But I found, Bob, that when I saw things that I thought were half-truths, um, especially in the industry that we're in, uh, I saw you know people falling for slimy marketing tactics and, and all this sort of stuff. That's when I started to call that out. And then I noticed, and a friend of mine said this to me, and I really appreciated it. He, he said, um, your vulnerability is one of your superpowers and your willingness to be honest uh, about the industry at this at the expense of maybe turning away not clients but partners is very refreshing so it's it's interesting in that sense where I'm not I don't feel like I'm turning away other clients I feel like I'm turning away potential partners because I'm calling the industry out on mm-hmm. a lot of the, the the stuff that I see that are half truths and and you know not good for people and as I've done that my following has grown and that's been cool to see so anyone that's written a book I'm always really impressed I have a, a an embryonic book idea at the moment and I'm sort of extrapolating out what the process of turning this idea into a real thing in the world looks like and it just blows my mind so I'm always curious to know what was somebody's process of going from idea to a document that's ready to hand over to somebody to have printed. What does that look like? Yeah, for me, uh, well, I wrote the book over a number of years. And so, I, and I don't know if you even know this, but I signed the book deal about five years ago and I right. never wrote the book. And I didn't write the book because I went through a lot of personal challenges. I went through a divorce. Uh, life was just crazy. And I just did not have the creative bandwidth to be, to write. You know, I mean, writing, if you want to write and write well, it takes a lot out of you. And there was, Bob, there was honestly, there's a lot lot of resentment towards that season in my life and towards, you know, my ex-wife and all this stuff, right? And I was just like, gosh, if I had written this book five years ago, my life would look so much different now, right? And And there was that edge that I had to deal with and that kind of like energy and that sort of negative emotion that I had to deal with and work through. And so I had started and stopped the book numerous times over that five-year period. When the pandemic hit and we were all locked down and we couldn't go anywhere, I was like, if I don't write the book this year, I'm literally not going to respect the guy that I see in the mirror, right? So I just hunkered down and, and did it. I, I'll be honest, I hated like every minute of writing the book. I really <laughs> did. And it's because, you know, it was my own book and I was probably being overly picky with everything, but it's also because emotionally I was writing about a season in my life that was really difficult. I was writing about the years when I started my business and then immediately six months after starting my business, my personal life went into a tailspin and I was having to revisit those years and revisit events. And it it really helped like kind of opened up 
you know, that season of hard times and the grief and the emotions associated with that. So that made writing the book hard as well. But some of the very tactical things that helped me were looking at the chapters as that I wrote as if they were laws or commandments about branding and marketing that I wanted the world to understand. Right. And yeah. so we started just a few minutes ago. I said, relationships are rocket ships. That's literally the law, quote unquote, the subtitle of chapter 10 in the book. Right. And so that's what I put into the table of contents. I was like, okay, I'm going to have a law for every chapter, whether my reader realizes it or not, that's going to help me stay on point. Then with every chapter, I asked myself two questions. Number one, how did I learn this law? <laughs> right? How did I, how did I, where did this come from? I must, I didn't read it in a book, but where did I come to this realization? And then number two, how did I make this happen for myself? So if the, if the law is relationships are rocket ships, where did I learn that? Or where was one instance in my life where I learned that? If you read the book, the chapter opens with, that particular chapter opens with a story about how I met a king from the African nation of Ghana. And he'd be mm. on the phone with representatives from the United Nations all the time when I was driving him around. And he told me, son, life is, you know, he said something along the line, like, life is 90% who you know and 10% what you know. And that was one of the instances in my life where somebody told me relationships are much more important than your knowledge. And so that's where the story came from in the book and how I framed it. And then the rest of the chapter is how I made that principle come true for myself. So if you go back and read the book through those lenses, you can see exactly how I wrote the book. So hopefully that's helpful for, for you, Bob, and for anyone else who's listening, uh, for you, the listener, ask yourself those two questions. Yeah. Where'd you learn this or how did you learn this and how'd you make it happen for yourself? So speaking of the listener, who is the book for? Who is your ideal reader? The ideal reader is for me, in my mind, somebody who wants to start a side hustle and scale it to a six-figure business, you know, six-figure U.S. I'll just, I'll just, I'm, I'm in the U.S., but a business based on your ideas, your expertise, your personality, your reputation, your knowledge, right? And there are a lot of people who want to do that, but more specifically, what I would say is this, that number one, this is for somebody who has yet to quite nail down what niche product, service, or client they want to focus on. Because that person is currently in what I call the startup stage, right? They need to get proof of concept for the message, for the marketing, for the monetization strategies. But a lot of people in these stages, in, in this stage, they get distracted by shiny objects. They're paralyzed by self-doubt and fear. And they're sold all these other courses and products that aren't right for them at this stage of their business. The second person I would say should read this book is someone who has a business, a solopreneur business, but the business has not made $100,000 US a year in a row for the last three years. What I'm looking for there is sustainability. And these folks are making money, but the income can be up and down. It's unpredictable, it's sort of feast or famine. And what that person needs to do is differentiate their message. And they have to pivot their offers, attract an audience so that they can get out of solely doing client work or relying on referrals. And the best way to do that is build your personal brand. And that's what, of course, we talk about in the book. Yeah. 
I think I, I would venture to add to that. I think there are a lot of solopreneur businesses that are modestly successful, but not necessarily fulfilling and possibly offering people a route to pivot into fulfillment from wherever they are. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I do. I, I And I think that if you talk to a lot of people who are running their own business, they're enjoying it. It's like, even if business is good, they're the main driver of the business. Mm. And that's a different stage. That's, that's where you are building up the business. You know, revenue is great, but you're still the primary driver. You need to move to the scale-up stage of business and get teams and processes in place. But you can't work on that stuff if you're still trying to figure out what your product or your niche is. You can't work on that stuff if you don't have clarity in your message and in your marketing and you aren't consistently making revenue. If you are in a feast or famine situation, what is the good of hiring a team as a solopreneur? Because yeah. one month you'll do great. You're like, great, I can pay the bills. The next month it tanks, you're eating into your savings. And now you've got to lay people off or break all these contracts. And it's just, you can't really get any traction. So that's why I look at it from the point of like the stage of business that you're in. It's not wrong to get help. It's not wrong to hire a virtual assistant. It's just, is this the right move for you for the season of business that you're in, for the stage of business that you're in? And that's why so many people in this space make mistakes. They do the right thing at the wrong time. So it's the wrong thing. And that's really who I try to help. Yeah. I think I think that's one of the difficulties in our business and in marketing in general is all the things work, but they don't all work at the same time and in the same situations. And so many people, they just walk into like a nuclear power station full of buttons and they just start mashing the buttons without understanding for them, there's really only one or two buttons that matter right now. And I think, yeah, the framework that you have there, the eight-step roadmap, really helps structure that and give some orientation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So something I'm curious on your perspective here, because one of the things you touch on in the book is the importance of platform and building your own platform. And I see a lot of people leaping into productization and all kinds of content marketing without really having an authority foundation a place that's there is a place where they regularly express themselves. So like a podcast, a blog, YouTube, those kind of things. How important is that platform piece? And have I missed anything there? Are there platform styles, I guess, that are maybe a little bit more original that you've come across? I would say that it's everything. <laughs> the brand is everything. I mean, that, hence the title of the book, You Are the Brand. And here's what I mean by this. If you are wanting to, if you want to build a business around your ideas and you never share your ideas, you have no marketing. I mean, I'm very in, in, in like, I'm very direct with my students, my clients. They say, I want to be a, an expert and a thought leader. Well, if you, ne if you, if you're, if you want to be a thought leader and never share your thoughts, you have no marketing. Because last time I checked, people cannot read your mind, right? If you want an, if you are an expert and you never share your expertise, how are people supposed to know that they should work with you? That's why so many people who start in in this in this business 
don't get to a point where they can really live comfortably and have predictable results. Talent is not enough in today's attention economy. We are in an intention economy. You have to realize you're the brand. No one's going to buy from you if they don't know who you are. The age-old business adage is people do business with those they know, like, trust, try, buy, and then they repeat and refer. Well, it's your job to get people to know you. If, Bob, you tell me like, hey, Mike, um, there's a wonderful lady you should meet. Uh, I think you guys would be really great together. You'd hit it off. And I don't know her. I'm not even going to get a chance to like her. Yeah. Or go go out and hang out, right? And that's exactly how this space is. You could be one of the best coaches, the best speakers or experts out there. But if no one knows who you are, you'll have a tough time getting hired. And you're going to struggle to sell your products because no one's going to know who you are. Now, one other thing is this is sort of a, a mini rant here. I am I'm so sick of other gurus out there telling their students and, and members and followers that they do not need a brand. Um, just a few weeks ago, and if I said this person's name, everybody would know them. But I, I saw a video from a big name business expert telling his audience, it was from a live event, to forget about building a personal brand. He said that they should just focus on getting good at speaking first, right? Now, because he was talking about speaking. And what was he selling? A speaking program, right? Of course. <laughs> Now, pardon my, you know, like New York City, New Jersey language, but that is such a load of crap. Like, I was like, look, look at this. How ironic. He posted this video on social media, (laughs) right, on his blue check verified Instagram account from a conference that had his name plastered and branded all over the stage. I was like, what a hypocrite. That's so ridiculous. And the reason people do this, these gurus do this, no. Yes, you have to get good at something, but you can't tell people get good at something at the expense of building your brand. They have to be built at the same time. And, you know, these guys like this guy do this because they want to keep their buyers in their ecosystem. So they buy every new product they create in order to keep them on like this endless loop of codependency and exorbitant spending, right? And their members, their followers, people out there do not realize that every expert that they follow is a brand. If they weren't, they wouldn't be following them in the first place because they w- wouldn't know who they are. So that stuff ticks me off. It, it riles me up because they're, they're lying to people. I think that is frustrating and it's, it's far more common than I think a lot of people realize. It's, yeah, I think there's a lot of disingenuous things happen out there. I think a lot of it is unintentional. It's just thoughtless talk, but thoughtless talk in our business when you have influence like that is dangerous Mm -hmm. and it can do a lot of damage and cost people their careers and livelihoods so yeah i totally get that i think one of the things that's also interesting to contrast with that you need to build the brand is this whole idea of hard work beats talent where talent doesn't work that you can be great at something but if you haven't managed to position yourself and build some visibility then somebody who's half-assed at it Mm. who has invested a personal brand they will find those opportunities and that's on you i think that's that's another frustration that you see quite often and for me that was a bit of a driver to be honest do you see people who really don't know what they're talking about who have built strong profiles getting all the opportunities and that's just wrong quality should rise to the top sadly it doesn't always it is down to the people who 
yeah, they need to do the work and raise their own profiles. Yeah, absolutely. And it's your job to do that. It's, you know, I, I tell my, my folks all the, all the time, you know, if you're in the startup or the ramp up phase, you need real followers. You need real fans. You need real subscribers. You need real connections. You can't just fake your way to it. You can't just buy a bunch of followers and assume that you have real authority. If people aren't missing you when you're gone, you haven't left a big enough impression in their lives. That's the bottom line. So what does your average client look like now and how do you serve them? Yeah, the average client is really somebody who's in those first two phases of business, the startup and the ramp up phase. Um, Every year we run a program based off the book. Uh, It's called You Are The Brand. It's a six month program and uh, it's half course, it's half coaching calls. And it's in that there are mastermind groups, 12, 12 person mastermind groups, like small groups. And I run the small groups. And what I see in the space and the reason I, I built the program this way is that you can't watch a bunch of videos and get clarity for yourself. You need to talk to somebody. You need to talk to people. You need to get around other people that are also doing the same thing. And so I serve those clients in that matter. Uh, I build a community. I, I do my best to make it high touch. One of the things I say to folks is that when you're building a, a, a brand, you're often curious as what you should say. And most of the personal brand space plays out in one of two ways, right? Bob, we talked about this, you know, in, in some way, shape or form. On one hand, you have people who are selling a false version of themselves. They are people who proverbially will have 15,000 followers on Instagram and only three comments, or they'll rent a mansion on Airbnb, stage a photo shoot, and imply that it's their house, right? What a good idea. Yeah, (laughs) and these people do not realize that attention is owed. It's not earned. That's how they feel. But attention, it has to be earned. It is not owed to you, right? Then you have the second group of people who overshare in the name of authenticity. Authenticity is a big word now. And the problem with these folks is that they're not really selling a solution. They're selling their struggles. And it's like a car wreck on the interstate, on the highway. (laughs) It gets a lot of attention, but you can't build a community around it. People move on. Like, just like you said, they buy and move on, right? Or they click and move on, or they just don't even do anything. And my, my proposition is don't build a brand, become the brand, become the person you're actually trying to sell to people. Do the hard work of growing up, of maturing, of facing your own demons and facing your own issues and, and become the person that you're trying to sell to people. And when it comes to the stuff that you want to share, ask yourself a simple question. Can I build a campfire around what I'm sharing? And what I mean by that is, are you, are you providing a light in a dark place? Is it warm? Is it inviting? Is it a place where people can share stories? Is it a a place, is it content that you can build a community around? Are you somebody that people want to be around? That's how you build a personal brand. I think that there's a few places I could go with that. I think one of the, the things I often come back to is if I was to parachute myself into, into the business owner that I want to be in five years, running the business that I want to run in five years, I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. If you if you dropped me into that role now, right now, I'd just crash the car. I'd have I have to do the work to become that person, mm-hmm. and so many people forget about that 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 you need to work on yourself. Your business grows when you grow, 
essentially. So, as you said, who do you need to become to have whatever it is you want to have because you're not that person right now. Mm. If you were, you'd have it. Yeah, um, the opening chapter of the book is, and this is one of my like kind of big tenets in life, is uh, when I coach, coach folks, who do you have to become in order to serve the people you want to serve? I mean, that's a, that's a good question to start with, which is why we started with it in the book. Do you have to become a better communicator? Do you have to become a risk taker? Do you have to, you know, shed, you know, this need to you know, present a false version of yourself? Can you be more authentic? Can you be more real? Who do you have to become? Do you have to become a leader? Do you have to mature? Do you have to become more emotionally healthy? All these things. And life is always a quest of of getting better at the things that we we can get better at right if for those who are really interested in becoming a better version of themselves or really living life to the full and if you're going to get into this space you might as well do the work because if you just want to make money there are a lot of easier ways to make money than being in this space you know you can go flip properties you can you know do weird things on the internet you know you can make money doing almost anything these days but if you really want to build a business and a brand around yourself, do the hard work of working on yourself. So I guess I'm going to bring things back to the book. And I'm curious to know, and I, for me, this is one of the, the important questions, is business before the book or business and life? Because I think as a personal brand business, there's a big blurry crossover there. So business and life before the book and business and life just after the book. What impact has it had? Huh. I would say this. Um, for probably the last year and a half, my life's been consumed by writing this book and marketing the book. Right. So that's taken up a big, big piece of my life. Now that the book has launched and it's, it's done very well, Honestly, I don't think about it a lot. <laughs> you know, I just got done. I just got done promoting our our course, the one I told I uh, just talked about a few minutes ago, and that's something that we do once a year. I'm really excited about working with people in that in that regard because I love coaching. I love coaching. I love getting in the dirt with people. I don't think that you can change someone's life by sitting in the skybox. You have to get onto the field with them, right? It's, especially in this industry that I'm in and that yeah. you and I are in, you, you've got to work with them. They they need to talk to you. And so I'm excited about that. I, I don't know how to quantify what major changes have happened because of the book. It feels nice that I can send people somewhere uh, to get some of my best content, and it's just a couple of dollars, right? But deeper than all of that, if anything, I'm just really pr proud that it's done because it was really a, a long road. And I would say this, and I've said this on a personal level, this is more a personal level. Uh, it allowed me to close a chapter of my life. All those difficult years that are talked about in the book, sort of the, the janky energy, if you will, <laughs> that I had around not having written the book earlier and feeling like I couldn't do it because of what happened in my personal life. Like once I, I finished the book and I, I held that in my hands, it was a very, very powerful feeling um, because I was like, wow, you know, I came out on the other side and, it, and that season's over and I've created something beautiful out of it that can help people that I can look back on and say, I did that and move on. And I feel like my life right now is just an open field 
Like I can <laughs> run wherever I want. I can go wherever I want with whoever I want. And it's just so incredibly empowering and wonderful. So yeah, life is great. <laughs> well, to everyone listening, you need to go and get a copy. And I don't honestly say that to have about every author that's been on, but this is probably the one book all of my listeners should read this year. It's for you. Mike Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that? Where can they find you? On social media, I'm uh, on Instagram the most, at MikeKimTV. But you're listening to a podcast. If you like podcasts, find me on your podcast app. Just look up Mike Kim. We've recently rebranded the podcast too. No no surprise. You are the brand. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm really excited about that because... um, we're changing things up a little bit and it's some, it's a fresh approach to it. And so I'm very, very excited about that. So check it out. You are the brand. And of course, grab a copy of the book. If you like this podcast, you will like Mike's podcast too. It should be on your playlist for next up after this one, but only after this one. (laughs) Mike, what's one thing you do now that you wish had started five years ago? Oh, one thing. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure other people will be like, invest in Bitcoin or something like that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go a different route here. Uh, I wish I took cold showers five years ago. I've been doing the whole like take a cold shower for five minutes in the morning and it's totally changed my life. Like more than anything. What led to that? Was it a Win Hof thing or? I don't know. I I remember there was a season where despite the fact that I was working out, I just never had any energy. I, I was just like, why can't I sleep well? Why can't I wake up in the morning? And I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And a few people had mentioned that they take cold showers. And I think I was just like, all right, let me just see what this is. And I eased my way into it because I take warm showers like normal people. And, (laughs) you know, jump in the cold water for 10 seconds at the end of the shower. And I eventually made my way up and I eventually switched to doing them in the morning. And, you know, it's funny because every morning... I'm like, oh, here we are again, you know, and I've learned to like change my perspective and reframe what I'm about to do because my body's going to go into shock. And I'm like, I'm just grateful for, for this opportunity. And, you know, and then I'm in there for a few minutes. I play a song off Spotify and I know exactly the runtime of the song. (laughs) So it's, I've got to be in for the whole song and I get halfway through and almost every morning, I scream at myself. I'm like, I did not come this far to fail. Meaning staying in the shower for like the full five minutes. <laughs> I'm like, I did not come this far to, you know, freaking fail. And it really amps me up. Like it really gets me like in the right frame of mind. And I'm like, if I can do this, I can do anything that I face, you know, that I'm going to face uh, for the day. I told you just recently, you know, we, we went through the launch and launches, you know, product launches are like, I mean, the bane of, any marketer's existence. They're awesome and terrifying all at the same time. And after the first day of the launch, you know, of course, all the imposter syndrome kicks in and you're like, you're going to be broke. No one's going to buy anything. Look, the sales <laughs> are terrible. And I, I was so annoyed at this. I went in the cold shower. I just started screaming, like, you know, not screaming, but I was like yelling at and I was like, I don't know, come this far to fail. Like, I do not negotiate with terrorists. Like, speaking of this, <laughs> it was just crazy. Like, all of this self-talk that was just coming out of nowhere. And, um, man, it just cleared all of that. It just cleared all the energy. It just cleared all the bad juju. Uh, I know this sounds super woo-woo right now, but there are, are, are a lot of scientific 
um, scientifically backed reasons why cold showers are very good for you. So, man, I wish I knew this five years ago. <laughs> I'm just going to delete the rest of the show. <laughs> that was the best bit. There it is. Mike, you've been awesome. Thanks so much for your time. I can't wait to speak to you again. Hopefully not another two years. But for now, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe and join our Facebook group. You'll find a link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. Also connect with me wherever you hang out. You'll find me on all the social platforms at Bob Gentle. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would make my day. And if you shared the show with a friend, you would literally make my golden list. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks to you for listening, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.